Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 523 of the Juicebox podcast. Today, I'm going to be speaking with Caroline, who has a number of different medical issues. I don't want to ruin the story for you, so that's all I'm going to say for now. While you're listening to Caroline and I speak today, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Please always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. Please let me take this moment to thank everybody who has bought me a cup of coffee. There's been a Buy Me a Coffee campaign set up at buymeacoffee.com forward slash juicebox podcast. And there are 22 members, meaning people who are buying me coffees on the regular every month. And these are their names. Anna, Amber, Laura, Marinda, Melanie, Corey, Jessica, Nancy, Sue, Shannon, Marilyn, Allison, Larissa, Melissa, Leah, Blue, Julie, Grace, Daniel, Jennifer, and Jeanette. Thank you to them and the over 200 other people who have bought me a coffee. I am now sitting in a wonderfully supportive chair that has alleviated a lot of my lower back pain because of you guys. Seriously, I thank you very, very much for doing that. Buymeacoffee.com forward slash juicebox podcast. This episode of the Juicebox Podcast is sponsored by the Dexcom G6 Continuous Glucose Monitor. Please get started today or just learn more at Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. The show is also sponsored by Omnipod, makers of the Omnipod Dash and makers of the Omnipod Promise. The Omnipod Promise is simple. And here's what the promise says. There is no need to wait for the next big thing. Because with the Omnipod Promise, you can upgrade to Omnipod's latest technologies for no additional cost as soon as they are available to you and covered by insurance. Terms and conditions apply. Omnipod.com forward slash juice box. Are you on for a reason? Yes. (laughs) I'm a Whipple warrior. (laughs) Ah, I recall. Good, 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 good. With now type 1 diabetes. (laughs) Yeah, that comes free with the surgery, doesn't it? That's right. (laughs) It's lovely. Um, well, we're recording the whole time, um, okay. and so I'll have you introduce yourself in a second. But okay. um, I want to just tell you now <laughs> that about two weeks ago, I don't. I just was standing in the kitchen. I mean, just standing there, I started feeling this very like terrible pain. It felt like this walnut-sized pain under my scapula on my right side, like kind uh-huh. of up under my shoulder. I was like, my, what is that? You know, and I'm that age. I'm like immediate. I was like, is this shoulder cancer? That's probably what this is going to be. Like, because I'm <laughs> waiting to die at any moment, you know. And um, so I wait a little longer. It seems to be spreading out. And it almost seems like it's grabbing the muscles that are attached to my rib cage and just pulling my rib cage tighter. And before mm-hmm. I know it, I, I can't breathe really. And I'm just going, I'm starting to go like, everything's fine. Like, you know, like that. And I'm having trouble. Well, it gets worse and worse. And so I just aggressively massaged the area for a number of days. And probably like four or five days later, I was like, I feel so much better. Like the only time I can feel it pulling now is if I like bend over to the floor, you know, like try to grab something and pick it up. And even just with my right hand. So I was like, ah, I did it. I'm, you know, some weird muscle spasm and it's gone. I'm good. It doesn't happen to me that often. 
Mm-hmm. Well, like Monday, like a week, you know, a week after I was like, this is fine now. Uh-huh. I still I still have this sort of dull thing in my shoulder. I'm like, God, I can't believe I can't get rid of this. And then all of a sudden it feels like it just reaches up and grabs into my like it's like it it's like it went from reaching down into my body to reaching up and it just froze my shoulder up and my neck and, and before I knew it, I was like laying on the, the the sofa going like, I'm gonna die. This is it. Like, you know, just in this immense oh immense pain. So Oh, somebody's low. Yeah, well, not really. Not really. What's, but I what's, did just eat lunch, so hopefully this will work its way out. <laughs> what's 76. that alarm? Yeah, I was going to say, I wondered where your alarm was at. Anyway, long story short, I woke up yesterday and couldn't move. Mm. So I went to urgent care. Really, I was just drug seeking. I just needed Flexerol. I needed like a muscle relaxer. <laughs> so I was like, I don't know what's up. Go ahead and examine me, and then please give me a muscle relaxer at the end. It's just I was asking for and I'm doing way better today. And to be honest, I think I'm going to feel even better tomorrow. But um, I am loaded on Flexerol, in case you're wondering. And if I say something really stupid, I'm going to need you to stop me, okay? Like, you you be the adult. <laughs> well, I'm I'm loaded on pain pills, so... Uh, oh, wait. You, you are? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you have, like, a monkey on your back, or is there something going on? <laughs> this this ought to be fun. <laughs> did, you, did you get yours out of the local... Uh, Patient no. first, like no. I mean, I'm still. I have. A, I got a lupus diagnosis also a few months ago, and so I'm in the process of just still figuring everything out. So I still see a pain management doctor who still got me on pain medication. Hey, tell everybody your name real quick so we can keep talking. Caroline Roberts. All right, that's good enough. I but, am okay. <laughs> we're just gonna keep I can, talking. I can load it out there. Yeah, we're just gonna we're just gonna keep talking. So tell okay. me. So let's um. I want to get back to the lupus for a sec in in a little while. Mm-hmm. But okay. what? How did you? Why are you on the podcast? Tell everybody. So I was diagnosed two years ago with neuroendocrine pancreatic cancer, and um, actually a few months prior to that diagnosed with multiple endocrine neoplasia type one or MEN one. And that's a genetic disease. And, um, so I was diagnosed with that and then they did some scans and found a spot on the body and tail of my pancreas. And, um, I had a distal pancreatectomy last year and got clean scans after that. And then um, this past February had some blood work that was very elevated um, for that specific tumor marker and ended up having the Whipple procedure in, uh, in July. I had the Whipple in July of this year. It's a serious thing. They're just, they go in and they took your entire pancreas or Took the entire pancreas, took the gallbladder, and part of the small intestine. Jeez. You know, the, <laughs> well, here's why. It, it, it's a shame, right? Because this thing, which is terrible, is in my mind makes me think of the guy from the, the Charmin commercial from like the 60s like, and 70s. You know, they would tell you not to squeeze the Charmin. This is a toilet paper commercial, in case you're wondering. Right, right. And his right. name was Mr. Whipple. <laughs> That's right. He would just... <laughs> You would just think that if they were going to have like a horrible medical procedure, you wouldn't make everyone go, oh, but that pleasant man squoze the toilet paper. Right, for that. Yeah. right. It's, it's not fair. I know, and everyone says that. Yeah. 
How about uh, give it something more scientific or I don't know. I don't know what came first, the Whipple or the Whipple, but for certain. Right. (laughs) Right. Oh, wow. Well, that's terrible. Are you married? I am married and I have twin 12-year-old boys that I homeschool and I have been homeschooling them for five years. Okay. So So I was homeschooling prior to COVID. (laughs) Through all this, you like through your surgeries and everything you just kept doing that yes <clears throat> my, my kids teachers seem to take sabbaticals every time they bump themselves on the wall but i guess it's okay <laughs> well i i have to say it's it's been a challenge but you know we were already kind of in a good groove with it so mm-hmm. um it, it it has been okay i would guess um excuse me <clears throat> i would guess that as long as they don't think three plus four is orange you'll be fine you know that's right yeah <laughs> Um, I have to, I want to bring this back around though, because you've had, um, a doctor, Dr. Stephen Ponder on the podcast. Oh my God. So long ago. Yeah. He is actually the person that, um, sent me for the genetic testing and I owe him a lot of credit because I would never have done that had he not, um, kind of made me do that. So we had one of my boys had um, a false positive blood test for another part of MEN1 is parathyroid disease. It basically, MEN1 creates tumors on all of your endocrine glands. And so you have to watch for the parathyroids, which control the calcium level in your bloodstream. Mm-hmm. You have to watch for your pancreas and you have to watch the pituitary gland. And, uh, we were checking the boys every two years to make sure that their calcium was not elevated um, because I have had parathyroid problems since the age of 15. I had my first kidney stone at 15. And one of the boys got a false positive, which sent us to Dr. Ponder's office. And he told us, you know, the lab work was not correct but that I really needed to get genetic testing because there was some reason why I had all of these issues. And he called me personally the next morning and had made an appointment with me um, to go to their lead geneticist. And I had the genetic testing done then. Wow. That's amazing. I mean, it's a serious, if you don't, I I mean, I don't know how much people understand like pancreatic cancer that just kills you. It, yeah. Yeah. It doesn't it doesn't take too long and when it decides it's over, it's really over and it happens incredibly quickly. I watched my friends. Yeah, it's so funny. Oh my god. It's so odd that you're saying this because if you listen to this show, you hear me talk about my friend Mike who has type 1 diabetes. Right? His mom died of pancreatic cancer. Mm. It's before we ever talked about I never talked about diabetes and and autoimmune issues like this in the past. I I've never I've never even considered that till just now. No kidding. So, huh? Yeah. yeah. You know, in the eighties and prior, if you just when you died, you're just like, oh, they died. That was it. You know, nobody, nobody was right. Nobody right. knew men one, or they're like, I don't know. She had a, her her thing went bad. She's gone now. People didn't like look into things. I guess the technology wasn't there really. Uh, right. But that's great. That it's amazing that he he had you do that and that it it may saved your life. I imagine. Right. It did. He. Yeah. Yep. I would have never. You know, checked my pancreas for anything because I wasn't really having any symptoms. Um, so yeah, I owe him yeah. tremendous credit, you know, 
for right. uh, doing that for me. And then I listened, I listened to your podcast with him on, and I have his book. I have not read it yet, but um, I didn't know who he was. I didn't know he was so. I didn't know he had type one. I didn't know he was so prominent in the community. So, you just bumped into him as a doctor because you're local to where he works. Correct. Oh, that's interesting. Hey, you know, yesterday, since we brought it all up in the show, I was I mm -hmm. stopped by a like a therapy place that's nearby my I basically I went into the um to get the flexor all from the one place, then I swooped right into a place that does like, you know, massage and like chiropractor stuff. And I was just I went in there, I was like, Can you please take me? Like I made them force me. <laughs> and I was like, please just I, I have to I have to be able to move. Like I couldn't roll over. Like, uh -huh. have you ever had that thing where you're laying in bed and you want to turn two inches and you physically can't? This is where right. I was, right? So there's, you know, this physical therapist and she's working on my shoulder and everything. And she starts asking me what I do. And it's, you know, Caroline, I'm 49. So I'm like, yeah. I have a podcast. And I, <laughs> and, and, and I think she starts looking at me like, are you going to be able to pay the bill? You, you know, like, like, <laughs> like, that's your job. And I was like, that's a pretty popular podcast. And she's like, really? Yeah. What's it about? And I told her. And uh, she goes, oh, you know, my friend was diagnosed two years ago. Wow. And I was like, oh, cool. You should tell her about the show. And then we just kept talking about other things. Well, like 10 minutes later, I was in a different portion of the room. She comes over to me. She goes, my friend says she listens to your show. Oh, my goodness. And I, 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 I go, <laughs> I'm trying to be cool. I go, of course she does. <laughs> <laughs> and she starts saying, she, she, when she, or something like when she walks, she listens. She hasn't listened recently. And I was like, there's no excuse for that. Tell her that she needs to stop. <laughs> I need her listening to every episode, please. Um, well, well, you know, I found the podcast because a woman on the beach, I was on the beach in September in North Carolina, and she was walking past me and had a Dexcom on her arm. And I, at this point, I didn't know anyone with type one or anyone that wore a Dexcom. Mm -hmm. And I stopped her and we coincidentally, her name was uh, Caroline um, and we had a long conversation and she told me about the juice box podcast. Oh. And as soon as I got home, I started listening. Thank you, Caroline. That's nice. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully she'll hear that. <laughs> oh, so you're just accosting people on the beach. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I said, Hey, <laughs> showed her my arm. Yeah. They just ripped out my stuff too. What's up? <laughs> So I know this, it's interesting. I think there can be some consternation amongst people. Do you feel it, the difference between genetically getting diabetes and getting diabetes because someone took your pancreas out? Do people treat you like you don't really have type 1? No, I have not had that experience yet. Um, That's good. Yeah, everybody has been really great. And, you know, I'm a member of so many of these different support groups, the Whipple Warriors, type one diabetes, um, MEN one. And I think I've just got lupus. I've got so many things going on simultaneously. Yeah. If you get one more thing, you have a basketball team. I know <laughs> this is kind of crazy. <laughs> well, so is this, how old are you? I'm 42. I just turned 42 on Monday. Happy birthday. Thank you. Yeah, of course. I mean, is there an expectation that things are going to continue to pop up? Has anybody talked to you about like, are you on a path or? So with MEN1, you are scanned yearly. And um, that's a brain MRI for the pituitary, uh, the a CT of your chest and abdomen um, for 
you know, once you have pancreatic cancer, the chances of it popping up in your lungs or your thymus, it's, it's pretty um, high. So um, I had all of those scans done last Friday and I did have a little bit of abnormal tissue on the pituitary. Mm -hmm. Um, I have had all of my parathyroids removed and coincidentally, I actually had three removed at Cornell in New York city because I lived in New York city um, prior to nine 11 and then moved back to Texas, Austin, Texas, and had another parathyroidectomy in um, uh, 2006, and they transplanted part of that hormone into my forearm. And it, we thought, was dead because I had no parathyroid reading for since 2006. And after this Whipple surgery, it decided to wake up. And for the first time since 2006, I have a functioning parathyroid hormone level and do not have to take, um, I was having to take compounded calcium Mm. um, and uh, like a prescribed D like all day um, because I was having intense muscle cramping from not having any calcium uh, production. And so the surgery, you know, caused it, we think, to wake up. And my doctor, my endocrinologist says he's never heard of that ever happening before. That's amazing. After this period of time. I can't even believe that's something they do. Just <laughs> why your arm? I've, I've questioned. Because they don't want to go back into your neck. Uh, okay. This was, it would have been a third surgery if they had to go back into my neck. Hmm. And your vocal cords are right there. And that's a big risk. Um, when you have that surgery, so it's yeah, easier so to go arm. back into the arm. Wow. How many surgeries have you had? Uh, I had two in my neck, and then I had the distal pancreatectomy and then the Whipple. Wow. That's four. Those are four pretty serious surgeries. Yes. How long do they knock you out? Like, um, like after a surgery is done, how long till you're back on your feet? The Whipple was hard. Um, I was in the hospital for about six days. And I was also in there during COVID in the ICU, which was a whole nother um, situation yeah. of its own. Yeah. Um, and it was during the height. Well, we now are in the height of COVID, but then we thought that was the height of COVID mm-hmm. in July. Um and then I came home and, you know, the diabetes has been a big, it was a big part of that because regulating my blood sugar, not being on a pump, being on shots at first, um, you know, not having a Dexcom, that was a big part of it at first. Um, and I struggled with that and I'm not, I'm still not great. Um, you know, I've only been on the pump for about four months now. Mm. And uh, I'm still learning. Uh, I did. I posted the other day. I did. I don't know how I did this, but I did drop my A1C from 6.5 to 5.7 in three months. That's amazing. Which I was shocked with because I, my husband said, you cannot cry about this anymore because apparently you do know what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not so sure. Uh, you tell him I know what I'm doing and you're listening to the podcast. That, that's all. Right. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. 
so a while. And that was my that was my point was that you go to sleep and you have you don't have diabetes, you wake up and you do. And right. on top of that, you just went through a surgery that's having other impacts on you as well. And you have to like, you know, the recovery from a surgery is a lot. But to have yes. diabetes all of a sudden magically after that is um it's just a different level. It, and did so did someone help you with it in the beginning? So there, you know, there was a, a a diabetes specialist that came into my hospital room, which I understand that they have to do that. But, you know, you're on, you've just gone through something so traumatic and you're on medication. Um, and I didn't really absorb what she was saying. And I couldn't have anyone at the hospital with me because oh, of COVID. Okay. So I was all alone. and. That was not helpful. <laughs> um, I did have a pump trainer once I got home um, and once I got the pump. My endocrinologist was amazing. He fought hard for me to get that pump, and he did it in an amazing amount of time. Hmm. Um, I actually was denied at first, and apparently that's pretty common. Um, and he ended up having to really push and um, I got the pump because of him. So he he called me daily once I got home. And um, I had a dietitian that I spoke to every other day. Um, because eating after Whipple is really hard also. There's that whole other component. Um, I was on a soft food diet for a while. And for the most part, I'm still on a soft food diet. Um and that will probably, you know, play a role with diabetes once I start um, venturing out to other food. But I eat the same food every single day uh. um, because I'm still not, you know, it's only been four months since my surgery. So wow. I'm I'm still not completely healed from the Whipple. Um, but the pump lady was very helpful. But I felt like I got this don't die mm -hmm. lesson. Yeah. And and I've heard this a lot on this podcast. Um I didn't get a whole lot of education. Um listening to the pro tips has helped tremendously. Um honestly the only reason I dropped that uh A1C is from your podcast. There's no doctor told me the tips or the tricks that you have said on this podcast. Thank you. Um So, thank you cuz <laughs> No, I'm I think I'd be in a much miserable, more miserable place if if I hadn't been listening to the podcast. <laughs> I'm just I'm hard pressed to imagine coming out of a surgery. I mean, with all the implications that yours have and all the forward, you know, even the forward thinking implications. And then suddenly you have to manage food with insulin. I just don't I don't know how to do that. Exactly. It's not easy. Yeah. It's not it. It has not been easy. Um Diabetes is hard. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I guess I'll get to a point where I really know what I'm doing and I understand it all. But, you know, I don't know if anybody ever says that, but it's hard. Mm. I mean, that, uh, people tell it, it's incredibly difficult. And I do think you will get to a point where you where you get it. Four months is an incredibly short amount of time to have type one. First of all, your A1C right. is in the fives already. That's 
spectacular. I think you're being aided by eating the same foods over and over again, right? Yes, definitely. Yeah. Most definitely. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, look, take it. <laughs> Nothing. It, <laughs> like, just call it something good. Like, this is here's a good part. I have to eat the same thing over and over because I often tell people, you know, when you're really struggling, try to mimic a meal a couple of days in a row so that you give your chance, you can give yourself a chance to make a decision, see how it works out, and then make an adjustment to it. Because if you go from you know, one completely different meal to the next two days afterwards, there's no real way to look at your data and make adjustments when you're going into right. a different food. So what does a right. soft food diet consist of? Well, my diet uh, right now is scrambled eggs, um, yogurt, soup, like some uh, a small portion of like chicken noodle soup, mm-hmm. um, I have some hot tea. Um, I do eat some saltines, a few saltines. Um, and I do eat a little bit of cheese for protein. Mm. But that's basically it. So you're eating like all of our grandmothers, basically. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, you know, I've gotten pretty used to it. I'm, I'm actually, it doesn't bother me. <laughs> I guess I could, I'm that person that really could eat the same thing every day for the rest of my life. I was going to say, it seems nice to me. I'm doing this thing right now where I'm, my blood sugar's on the internet. And so uh-huh. I'm trying, I've been watching it. Oh, have you? Okay, thanks. And <laughs> so I, I'm starting to feel this pressure to like eat certain things. And I just don't eat very much normally. So I'm, I'm like, my wife's like, you're going to eat all that? And I was like, I'm going to try, <laughs> you know, and, <laughs> and I've been snacking like on purpose. Yeah. Like before I came up to you to talk to you, I just grabbed this candy out of a candy dish. I didn't even want it. I was like, oh, let's see if they can they can watch this, you know, and I ate some candy. Um, but I'm I'm not a food person like that. Like I could I could put together some simple meals and do them every day and probably be pretty happy about it. I right. um I yeah, I only seem to deviate when it's like fun to make something. Like I enjoy making a handmade pizza once in a while. Um Yeah, your yeah. food looks pretty good. When you post it, it looks pretty good. I do all right. Yeah, yeah. I'm not I mean, I've been in this house for twenty one years taking care of these kids. I figured a couple of things out. <laughs> yeah. Although everyone thinks I'm a terrible cook here, which is fascinating. Like Oh, that's that's funny. Arden Arden won't let me make her eggs. Oh just, gosh. Just you're not good at it. Like, do it yourself. Does she make her own eggs? No, I mean she could, but that's not how she rolls. She's like, can somebody okay. get the eggs? How about you get them? I just got done school. I'm very tired. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> well, I have a I have a pinched nerve in my shoulder, and it feels like someone's driving railroad spikes into me. But let me see if I can't help out. Right. <laughs> how is this um for your children? Is there are they old enough to to do the math and go, huh? This could happen to me. So I had them genetically tested. As soon as I came back positive, um, the geneticist wanted them tested, and they both came back negative, which was amazing. Um, My father was tested, and he came back positive. Mm -hmm. His brother was tested, and he came back positive. And we now know that um, my grandmother, who passed a few years ago, probably... 99% 99% would have come back positive. Mm. Um, all of us have had the parathyroid surgery. Um, so, you know, we thought we had familial hyperparathyroidism. Mm. Um, but in fact, we all have men one and that's just a part of it. Yeah. Uh, what did your, 
would you said your grandmother died um before you could know what what how old was she when she passed um she was 78 or 79 did she have any ailments that point to any of this stuff that you think oh she she had the parathyroid problem oh. and actually she was from germany full-blood german um she lived grew up in frankfurt and um you know lived through world war ii mm. as a child in frankfurt and her mother was in a hospital most of her um, childhood and they called it stomach cancer but you know knowing what we know now we all kind of think that her mother probably had men one and they just didn't know what it was then germany exporting men one that's <laughs> can keep that stuff there <laughs> oh okay so your so your kids do they need to be tested more going into the future or is this rock solid you don't have it you don't have it you don't have it you don't have it yeah. and um they can't pass it on and I always joke and say this stops with me. So <laughs> you're taking care of this, and your That's husband, right. your husband's digging around furiously for the receipt he thinks he got when he bought you. He's like, he's like, not that you can buy people. Everybody understands what I'm saying. Like, you know, he's like, oh, I found it. Can I return this? Uh, I know. He's my poor husband. He's probably really disappointed. We have a pretty large age difference between us, and he he thought he was going to have this young, hot wife with no problems who was going to have, you know. Oh, all this energy <laughs> and instead him. i'm the one that's falling apart <laughs> wait so caroline you're a trophy wife oh yeah congratulations <laughs> i always said if i was a girl i would not work <laughs> i would definitely do something that my parents would be ashamed of so that i didn't have to have a job uh not saying that you did that i'm just saying this would be my way to go well i have worked <laughs> majority of the marriage but not full time <laughs> no kidding so can can we how much older than you is he 24 years oh yeah he's passed yeah i know yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally <laughs> oh that's funny <laughs> you're making me laugh but my shoulder hurts still <laughs> oh my gosh tell me about the um the lupus diagnosis Here's what you need to do. It's super simple. You need to simplify your life. Make your decisions easier. And these next two ads are both going to do that for you. I'm just going to pick one. Here's what I'll do. I'll put a coin behind me. No, it won't work. I know what hand the coin's in. Never mind. I'll just pick one. Dexcom. Makers of the Dexcom G6 Continuous Glucose Monitor. It's a CGM, a continuous glucose monitor, a device that you wear that reports your blood sugar's number speed, and direction back to a receiver or your cell phone, Android or iPhone. Think about what I'm saying to you. No more guessing what your blood sugar is or what it's doing. You can just see it right there in front of you. Decisions get more thoughtful. By decisions, I mean carbohydrates and insulin. That's how we use it. We just sort of learn over time how Arden's going to react these things and we get to make better decisions. The data that comes back from the Dexcom is it's almost everything, honestly. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. And you can make your own alarms, right? Like say you want to know if your blood sugar goes over 130. You could just set it for 130. Maybe you don't want to know till 150. You could set it to 150. Would you like to know when your blood sugar is falling? 
it'll tell you that as well. It tells you everything. It's so cool and helpful and valuable. And part of how we keep my daughter's A1C in the fives. You can even share your data with up to 10 followers. So you could be an adult or a child and anybody you want could follow you on their iPhone or Android device. Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. Links in your show notes, links at juiceboxpodcast.com. You have to go check it out. And while you're out tooling around the internet, you know, you know what they, the kids call it. I think it's a time killer, right? The internet, but not when you're doing it for this. Not when you're finding out if you're eligible for a free 30-day trial of the Omnipod Dash using an insulin pump for free for 30 days. 30 days. That'd be like if I gave you my car and I was like, yeah, bring it back in a month. How great would that be? Think of all the savings. Plus, you get to try it out and see what you think. You can stick with it or you don't have to. It's really up to you. While I'm telling you about Omnipod, I'd like to remind you about their promise. The Omnipod promise says that you can upgrade to Omnipod's latest technologies for no additional cost as soon as they're available to you and covered by your insurance. Terms and conditions apply. And you can find out more details at Omnipod.com forward slash juice box. Now, there's only so much I can say, but just follow what I'm saying. If Omnipod were to come out with a new device and you already had the dash, let's say, and you wanted the new thing, you just call them up and go, uh, I'm invoking the Omnipod promise. I don't think you actually have to say that, but it might be fun if you did. Anyway, then you could just update to this thing that may or may not exist in the future. See what I'm saying? You're not tied down to just one thing. You don't have to wait for the next big thing. Omnipod.com forward slash juicebox. Dexcom.com forward slash juicebox. Links in the show notes of your podcast player. Links at juiceboxpodcast.com. Let's just ride out the rest of this music because I'm too lazy to edit it out. All right, let's find out about the lupus diagnosis with Caroline. So I started having, you know, a few months ago, I was waking up in the middle of the night or in the mornings and my hands were so swollen, I could not close them. And then I was also having um, pain in my elbows and shoulders. Um, and my hair started falling out. And so, you know, I had already established last year a relationship with a rheumatologist. And so I went back to see him and he did some blood work and I had a positive test for lupus. Um, he, you know, I think the common treatment for lupus is steroids. And um, because of everything else that's going on, he really didn't want to put me on steroids that would suppress my immune system. Mm -hmm. So he has me on, we've been doing several trials of some anti-inflammatory medication. Um, and unfortunately, every one that I take takes about two weeks to really get into your system. Mm -hmm. So it's a long, you know, I think this is going to be a long process trying to figure out what really works for me. Um, but, you know, lupus in itself is a hard thing to deal with. Um, what are some of the implications of it? 
Well, if it's not treated, you could have, you know, long-term damage. Um, I know that just in my research on it, you know, there's stuff about, and I, and I, I listened to one of your podcasts about, I think he was a snowboarder that had lupus as well. Yes. Um, I can't not remember his name. Sean Busby, right? Yes. Um, and I know he has issues with being in the sun. Um, and I haven't had that yet. I'm not sure if this just came on, you know, because of the Whipple, um, or what, um, but it's, it's very new. It's only, I've only had it for a few months. Mm. Um, so. Well, I feel for you because it's hard to pick through those things. Um, these medical ideas, when they don't pop up and just present as something specific right away, it's very right. frustrating. I know that um, Arden has an appointment in about six days with a rheumatologist because uh-huh. at certain times of the month, her like wrists and and ankles, sometimes her knees get really, they're painful and they have to be like rubbed constantly to try to like, and you can't, you can rub the pain away for a minute, but then it comes right back. And yeah, that is, it's so miserable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The muscles in her neck and her shoulders are always tight. I do hot baths and sometimes I do them several times a night. I mean, I, I was to the point where I was getting up in the night and having to take an additional hot bath just to get relief. Wow. How long um, does that help for? Um, well, I'll stay in there for quite a while and then it'll usually take care of it for a couple of hours. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that's, that's been my go-to. Do your but hands- I understand it. I understand the wrists and the, you know, hands and, you know, all of that. It's, it's really uncomfortable. Yeah. It sucks that you can't do the, and also, by the way, the steroids would make your insulin needs go up. Yes. So. That's the other reason that he did not want to do that. Yeah. I don't and know. And I. Ahead, I'm, I'm struggling. I mean, yes, I dropped my A1C, but I'm on a day-to-day basis. I look at, you know, people's lines, you know, on their graphs and they're so stable and I'm looking at mine and it's like mountains and valleys. And, you know, sometimes I get, I get it, you know, more in control, but, you know, I'm still and pain, you know, pain and stress doesn't help. And, um, I'm still dealing with all of that. And I know that's causing some of the problems with the diabetes. Yeah. So I just have a lot going on at one time. <laughs> I got an email this morning from a person and she's like, Hey, your blood sugar was really it was higher overnight. Are you okay? <laughs> I said, uh, Okay, I am. I said, uh, I, I, so last night I, I purposefully ate like some junky food later at night so people could see. And it, it would be one of those things that you wouldn't think much of. You know, uh-huh. um, and it put my blood sugar up to like 110, but it stayed there almost all night. And, you know, so you put this junky food in your system and then you go to sleep and digestion slows down. It stays with you longer. Right. You know, et cetera. Tomorrow, I think. Um, tomorrow? Yeah, probably tomorrow. I'm going to eat like a, like a, like almost a no carb. I would eat like steak and stuff like that for a day so people can see what that looks see like. See what happens. Yeah. My husband said that he, his doctor was telling him that he was on the verge of diabetes and he is a string bean. He has a little belly, but he is tall and skinny and can eat five bowls of ice cream every night and not gain a pound. Mm. And the doctor told him that. And so he wanted me, I did the finger prick on him and, you know, we, we watched 
and and then checked it again after he had like a soda or something. And it of course was like perfectly normal. He didn't have any issues at all. <laughs> I, there was a couple of days where my blood sugar didn't move around too much. I was like, oh, people are going to be pissed at me, I think. So <laughs> I have to eat some crap. I know food. it's just not fair. Yeah. <laughs> But it's still, it's been, I'm getting a lot of notes. It's People are finding it valuable just to see how things kind of go up and down and go up and stay. And you just, yeah. real, you realize that these patterns, if you didn't, you know, if you didn't have a working pancreas, the patterns would still be there. They would just be happening at a higher number if you're, right. if you're not managing it well with um, insulin. Arden and I had, uh, we had pizza the other night uh-huh. and she was better than I was for like two thirds of the stretch of the food. Like in the, in the beginning third, my bolus worked way on her worked way better than my pancreas did for me. And then had I not been working, I would have seen the rise. It was trying to happen sooner and I would have gotten to it sooner, but she went up to like one seventy eight for a while and then she came back down and uh-huh. it, it was interesting. Exact same time. We were both like 90 again, like right at that spot. So See, I really want to figure out pizza because pizza's on my like last meal list. <laughs> wait, wait, like your last meal before like a firing squad kind of a thing, or <laughs> for for before I die, I oh. must have pizza. <laughs> right, well, listen, just eat it on the last day, and it won't matter. It'll be fine. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> now, I mean the the co- the key to pizza is that you know you need some up front, um, and then you need a, a lot of it. Of that insulin when the fat protein rise happens. So it's mostly fat with pizza, but she had a little bit of protein with it, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I have done it a few. I I actually have eaten a little bit of pizza here and there, a couple of bites and, and tried. I actually had a miserable time on my birthday because, you know, there was the temptation to have food other than what I normally eat. And so I did have a little bit of different food mm-hmm. and then I was juggling. How do I, how do I bolus for this? And then I gave myself too much. And then I literally said to my husband, I said, I might've just overdosed. I might die tonight. You know, like this is scary. I think I'll just go back to eating the same food every single day. Yeah. How did, how did it end up? Did you not use too much or? I ended up having to compensate with drinking some juice, but I figured it out and it, you know, I got myself worked up about it because I really thought I had given myself way too much. And I probably did because I didn't eat as much as I thought I would. Mm -hmm. And, um, but I, I figured it out and it actually wasn't that bad, but it it was scary at first. I saw someone (laughs) online. It happens periodically. They give themselves their, um, they're trying to give themselves their basal injection and they do it with, you know, bolus instead. So now uh-huh. all of a sudden they put in like 30 or 40 or 50 units of insulin. That's going to start yes. working right away. And I always, I'm always fascinated. They're online. They're like, what do I do? And I'm like, <laughs> like, just take your carb ratio and figure out how much insulin you just gave, how many carbs you just cover right. and eat them. Like right. it's fascinating how um, it happening out of order makes it so confusing to everybody. I know, you know, um, it's cause you, I think it's because you get stuck thinking about this stuff in such a specific and ordered way that you just can't break free of the idea. I mean, honestly, giving yourself 50 units of fast acting insulin. I know people who have little kids are like 50, but you know, adults use a lot of insulin with their meals. Um, right. you just have to look and go, okay, what do I have in the house? That's, you know, 50 units. And I, I mean, my, my, I don't know, say you're like one 
unit per five grams. It's not that hard. You go five, 10, 15, right. 20, 20. Oh, I need, you know, I have to have 10 here. I'll uh, 10 to cover. So I'll find. And there's a lot of carbs and a lot of things. So it's not that hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It just isn't like it, it, it isn't. And 10 the wrong word. Let me, right, let me do this. Hold on. Let's say you put in 50 units. You're one for five. So five, 10, 15, 20, 25. So 25. Yeah. You need like, you know, it's not that hard. It's just do it. It's just, it's just, right. just do the right. math and do it. And, <laughs> and they're like, what do I do? I called the doctor. I was like, eat something. Right. Yeah. Like this is your big chance. Remember that candy you never eat? This end of your it. time, <laughs> you, you know, like get in there, like do that yeah. thing. Now, if you don't have something, I've spoken to somebody before who didn't have anything in the house and has done it. I'll never forget that. I will never forget getting a message through Instagram from this younger girl who I don't know. And she's like, I'm by myself and I'm out of food. And I gave myself oh my too gosh. much insulin. And I was like, why are you texting me is what I thought. <laughs> but, <laughs> but isn't it interesting? We had never met before. I had never spoken to her. I was the one that popped into her head. Oh, goodness. So I helped her. I was like, all right, let's look around the house, see what you have. We can make it up. You know, and she got a bunch of food and ate it. I was that was nerve wracking for me, by the way, when that happened. I'm, I'm like, sure it I'm was like, because what happens in the middle if if she's like, you know, she drops over and the last person she contacted was me. You know, I don't need those problems. My God. Well, how are you feeling psychologically? Because it occurs to me that if I was you, I would just be and like running in circles and banging into walls and stuff like that. Are you handling all this? Well. You know, it's interesting you ask that. It was really difficult with the diagnosis initially. And it was really difficult waiting to find out if the boys, you know, were going to be positive or negative. Um, But with each surgery, it's been hard. I um, thankfully, my boys or one of the boys in particular begged and begged and begged for a dog um, a few years ago actually the summer before my diagnosis and um, we gave in and got the dog and I, he has been my, my saving grace. He, I walk that dog between nine and 10 miles a day. And that is how I keep my mind clear. Yeah. And it's also great for digestion. (laughs) I mean, they say, you know, walking aids digestion. And um, after a Whipple procedure, they really want you to do a lot of walking. Um, so that has helped me tremendously. Um, I, If I don't walk, I feel depressed and down. Um, so that's been really, really important to me. I have to say, though, that I talked to my doctor last night and him saying that there was some abnormal tissue on the pituitary it was kind of like, oh, now there's this to worry about. Mm. You know, now there's that. It's going to be that at the back of my head um, to think about all the time. How many um, glands do you have left? Can we just get rid of all of them now? Like, I know. I'm just like, take it. <laughs> what does that do? What does the pituitary it's just gland the pituitary do? Pituitary that's left. <laughs> Is that? What's going right, Hold on a second. I don't know. I'm gonna find out what it does. It's in charge of your growth hormones. Contributing to growth, development, and functioning of other endocrine. Well, listen, 
It's it's in control of growth and development. You're already an adult. I'm done. Yeah, and it, and <laughs> no it, more growing. And it helps functioning of other endocrine glands, which you've mostly don't have. So uh, exactly, they're gone. <laughs> it's only the size of a pea. It says. That's right. How could it cause you that much trouble? <laughs> oh my gosh. You know, and and after the distal, I had I this after I had the distal pancreatectomy, he said he got everything. And, you know, we were really happy for that. And then I had my follow-up appointment and he came back and he said, well, the pathology says that you have all of these little neuroendocrine tumors just speckled through your pancreas. And um, so then there was that worry for until I had those yearly scans. Mm. And then once I got those scans back and they were clear, I had like two or three weeks of, oh, okay, I can move on with my life now. And then I got the lab work back that was, you know, elevated for these neuroendocrine tumors. And um, that's when the decision was made to go forth with the Whipple. So I don't know. It seems like every time I take a step forward, I take a couple steps back. (laughs) I I feel like I know what you mean. (laughs) We've been working on trying to figure out, figure Arden out for so long now that you know, just the diabetes alone seems like kind of uh, an afterthought. It and it began with it began with her her thyroid um, diagnosis, right? And then everything was fine for like a year, and then a year later, all of a sudden, it looked like she was going to die. Just we didn't, none of us realized. I talked about it on the thyroid episode, but she had grown so much she wasn't getting enough thyroid again in a, as a replacement. Um, but she was like we were taking her to doctors to see if she had like serious heart trouble because her blood pressure was so low. Uh-huh. And you know, that whole, that driving somewhere with your kid in the car and you're everything, you're just like, Oh, we're just going to go find out. Like being an adult is terrible. Right. Um, it really is. <laughs> if you're going to have a baby, like if you like just live your whole life by yourself, you'll never go through all these horrors, but it's just, right. you know, it's, it, I seriously do mean that. Like you're driving somewhere and you're like, am I going to get to this place and going to tell me my daughter's heart doesn't work? Like, is that what right. we're going to find out? And then, then they give you information, and you're like, well, that's not even helpful. And this didn't answer any questions. So then you have to go back home again. It's not like the doctor goes home. It's not Dr. House. Like, he, they don't go home right. at the end of the day and go, oh, that little girl Arden today. Let me just sit here and think pensively until I come up with an answer for these people. Like, you left. The tests they ran didn't give you an answer. They're done with you now. Now you have to figure it out again. So, yeah, it's just we got got her thyroid levels back up. And then not long after that, she has to stop playing softball because the muscles in her shoulder and her neck are so tight. She can't even do it anymore. And, you know, now you're trying to figure that out. So we, we went down the thyroid road and figured, you know, went through things piece by piece. And it takes forever. You know, you're like, well, it can't be your blood sugar. But at one point, I even changed part of the reason we tried FIASP. Because I was uh-huh. just like, well, let me see. Like, could she be allergic to her insulin? And that didn't do anything. And, you know, it's just, it feels like you're thinking about it all the time. Like, either what's going to happen or what you have to do about the thing that is happening. Right. It's exhausting. And the walking is the only thing I've found to, like, keep that, you know, down to yeah. keep it under control. Yeah, I, um, I I I don't usually make statements like this, but people who don't have health issues have no idea how lucky they are. Right? Yeah, it's a agreed. Lot. Yeah, agreed. It's just a lot, and I'm glad they don't know. I'm not wishing it on them, so that I'm not like you. You need to understand, but there's just 
there's so much to it. And, um, it's just, there's the littlest things like my son, um, is at home because of COVID mm-hmm. and he had a pretty stressful like semester mm-hmm. and then he gets done and he's like, Oh, this is great. I'm finished. Um, and then he has this plan for the winter. He's going to do a lot of extra eating and lifting. He's trying to put on a certain amount of weight for the spring. Uh-huh. And he comes upstairs one day and he's all freaked out. He's like, I started lifting weights and I got my skin got all red and I'm itchy. Uh-oh. And we're like, what? You, you know, like, so, you know, it's just, did anybody change laundry detergent or something like that? We had added something recently. So I was like, all right, let me rewash all your stuff and blah, blah, and did everything. And then it happened to him again. And now it's two weeks later and it's continuing to happen to him. Oh no. And our, anytime he exerts himself, um, or gets really hot, I guess the histamine, like the adrenaline makes histamine, right. And he's breaking Uh out from his waist up. It doesn't last long, but he can't keep working out. Right. And so, you know, a doctor that we spoke to said this happens to people as a community, a medical community. We really don't know why. It uh-huh. most often does just stop. And here's a way to try to manage through it. And, you know, he was talking about it. But in that moment, I was like, my son's whole life is playing baseball. Right. Like, are you tell me he can't lift weights or run around? Because I don't know what he would do then. And, you know, the doctor said, it's okay. Like, it's going to, you know, we really expect it to go away. But I told Kelly privately yesterday, I was like, if that kid can't keep playing baseball, I don't think I can handle it. Like, I don't think I can handle anything else bad going on, happening. Right. You know? And our shit not even, like, close to your thing. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Well. Yeah. We all, everybody has their own thing. Yeah, just don't walk that dog off a pier, okay? I know. He's a Siberian Husky and, you know, you can't walk him enough. He just, you know, he would keep walking. <laughs> <laughs> just keep, he'd just drag you through the water out into the, out into the yeah. sound. This child that wanted this dog, he, there was one in the neighborhood that would walk past our house every morning before school. And he hid in the bushes outside of our house every morning and waited mm-hmm. to to pet that dog and to ask if, you know, to, to, if he could, you know, pet the dog and play with the dog. And he, he, I mean, he campaigned for this dog for so many years. <laughs> now he got it. Now you're walking it around. That's right. Now it's my dog actually. Yeah. Does he, does he pay attention <laughs> to the dog at all? Oh, but they do. They, and actually they were extremely helpful when I came home from surgery. Um, they did all of the walking and care. You know, and they they do care for him, but he really I don't know if that's the breed, um, but they have a one person that they're really, really loyal to, I guess, because he's a pack dog and and I am his one person. Yeah. And that's just the way it is. Our dogs listen to me (laughs) and almost nobody else in the house. And I wish it wasn't me because then I'm I'm working and I get this. Hey, the dogs have to do this. They have to do that. I'm like, I'm not even there. Like you do it. Right. They don't listen to me. I'm like, oh, she, I think she secretly loves that that dog doesn't listen to her. Honestly, gets her out of everything. Yeah, listen, I've said it before. I'll say it again. Try not to have children. If you do, okay, don't have too many. Definitely don't right. get a dog. It's just right. it's so much work, you know? Well, and I've got like, you know, hairballs everywhere from this dog. Rolling through your house. Yeah, I mean, it's just he's blowing his coat. And so it's like. You know, mm. a couple times a year, it's pretty bad. 
have to say your accent's delightful between the Texas and the North Carolina, a little bit of the Northeast. It's very nice. Well, I can't, I can't tell. So <laughs> no, you really, you would do, you'd be great doing voiceover for like, you know, Southern lady or something okay. like that. No, very nice. Well, I was just going to say, your husband can't walk that dog, right? Well, he won't. I mean, <laughs> so he's smart. He's like, look, not my dog. It's a mistake you made, not me. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> but I just had my pancreas out. Mm. That's right. Better get those kids to do it. <laughs> I know. I keep trying to tell them, you know, I've just recovered from pancreatic cancer surgery. I've got type 1 diabetes and lupus. Can I get a little help here? And they're like, hmm. <laughs> That's not enough yet. No, I, right? I, I've spent the last couple of days being mocked walking around my house Uh-oh. because I move in a certain way with this muscle yeah. thing. And I'm like, mm, geez, like it comes. I can't keep it in. Oh, so dramatic. I hear from across the room. I'm like, you, this really hurts. You know, you just have a, you know, your muscles are tight. I'm like, no, it's my whole. Like if you cut me in quarters, like through the, the midsection of my torso you know, and then up and sideways and just took the top right corner of me. It was just like a rock of muscles that wouldn't, the, the, the doctor's like, now bend your head to the right. And I was like, it moved like a half an inch. And I was like, that's it. And he goes, oh, okay. I was like, and I can't turn my head this way because it hurts. And every time I lift up my arm or, you know, like I'm, I'm in the room holding my right arm with my left arm because I don't oh, want gosh. it to fall down, you know, <laughs> and you're at the doctors and they're worried about you. And you get home. And I, I can hear them. Like, look how he's holding his arm. They're making fun of me, and I can hear them. <laughs> I'm like, you know, this is going to go away. And my wife actually said to me last night, she goes, this was not a great time for this to happen. Oh, was, gosh. <laughs> that sounds like something I would say. I'm like, well, what do you think? I planned it? <laughs> I know. I'm, this is not a good time for this to happen. I'll, I'll tell you what. She gets sick once in a while like everybody does. Yeah. I'm going to have to tell her when she's laying in bed and dying, like, you know, like, can you please get me this? I'm going to go, you know, this is not an ideal time for this to be happening. Right, right. See what happens to me <laughs> if I say that. Put it back on her. Yeah, great. <laughs> she, that would make her not sick in three seconds. She'd stand right up and call a divorce attorney. I can't believe you said that to me. I'm sick. See, and I'll say, but you said it to me with my arms. That's different. You're being right. a baby. I'm not being... <laughs> So seriously, this really hurts. It's not just like a little muscle pull. Like I'm, you know, in a bad way and it's going yeah. to pass. Like the muscles are going to stop spasming and it's going to be fine. But this is not an opportune time for this to happen. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. But can you imagine if someone said to you, um, yeah, I don't want to walk the dog. In all honesty, this <laughs> surgery you had, it's getting in the way of my life. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Great. Well, listen, it's <laughs> kids, they're only 12. Maybe they don't know any better. Right. <laughs> Are you um? Have you have, have we not talked about anything that you were hoping to talk about? I should ask. No, I think we did. did I we just, really? I you know, in listening to you, I I thought, of course, I had not listened to your other a lot of your other um, podcasts, but and I, I did after I you know sent you the email. I listened to the girl that's in Louisiana. Yeah. That um had she had a um. I think it was a kidney disease that caused her to have a, an operation that was similar to the Whipple, um, which I thought was really interesting. But, you know, when I emailed you, I just wanted to say or or bring awareness to the Whipple warriors, people that, you know, we, we have type one diabetes because of surgery, you know, mm. um, and, and also to men one, 
um, because it all, you know, can end up, we can all end up in the same community because of these things. So Is but a- I've been really thankful to you and to Jenny. I actually reached out to Jenny to try to get some more education. And um, I had an appointment with um, Alicia in the integrated diabetes office mm-hmm. who wears the same pump that I wear. I wear a tandem T slim and um, I had a, a first uh, meeting with her and um, I haven't gone forward just because I have so many other issues that are, it's not just diabetes. It's yeah. right now so many other things going on at the same time um, that makes it a little bit difficult, but I intend to, you know, get some more um, education from her. Cause I thought they were fantastic. Yeah. She does there. a great job. Jenny always says to me, she's like, your people. I'm like, why are they my people? She's like, they come from the <laughs> podcast. It's like, they're not my people. I'm just like, they're people. She's, she, she's just, she doesn't mean anything by it. She's the way she talks. It's fantastic. We're yeah. speaking privately. And she's like, I got a bunch of messages from your people the other day. I was like, you mean people listen to the podcast? She's like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, I'm <laughs> glad. People. I was like, <laughs> Yeah, and you you kind of bumped into what some people bump into is I think people want to work with Jenny because they hear her on the show, but Jenny's pretty booked because of the show at the same time. So it's hard to get in with her sometimes. Well, and just talking to Alicia in the one time that I talked to her, she gave me a trick, you know, for my pump that completely helped me and fixed a problem that I was having, you know, every day. So, um, She, you know, and she was, I want, I want, I originally wanted to talk to Jenny, but Jenny said, Alicia is the guru for tandem T-slum. And so she knew what to um, do and she did. So it worked out. Yes, absolutely. I'm I'm glad you found them. And Jenny really is delightful. I, yes, I'm actually recording with her tomorrow afternoon. Good. If I can lift up my arm, which I'm doing pretty good. (laughs) I was so worried about doing this with you. I was like, what if I'm sitting there just in pain the entire time, but I'm doing okay. Yeah. Um, I went to it's when I was pill. Yeah. Yeah, I'm doing okay. <laughs> the magic pill. Yeah, I took the magic pill that makes your muscles like like putty. Um, right. But I went into the uh, urgent care and, you know, guys like I'm just going to do a couple of uh of x-rays to be sure nothing structurally is wrong. I don't think there is. And I was like, yeah, there's not, but whatever, you know. So I'm sitting in there and she's like, "Stay still." She's like, "You're fidgeting." And I said, "I can't just let my arm hang like this." I said, "It hurts so bad, you know." Yeah. Um, so she takes a picture and she goes, are you wearing a diabetes thing? And I was like, oh, I am. I'm like, on my arm. <laughs> she goes, do you have diabetes? And I was like, no. I'm doing it so people on the internet can watch my butt. And she's like, what? So I started explaining to her. She goes, oh, that's so nice. My friend has diabetes. And I was like, oh, everybody's friend has diabetes. Uh, so, yeah. but, so I go back into the room to wait for the doctor after the films. And for whatever reason, this little chair in there, I felt so good sitting in the chair. And he comes and he goes, what we're going to do? I was like, look, man, whatever you're going to do, forget it. Just let me take this chair home with me. <laughs> <laughs> I said, this chair is perfect for me for some reason. He go- Yeah, he was so funny. He goes, I don't care. Take it. And I was like, oh, wow. I like this. <laughs> but I left funny. the chair behind and just left with the Flexerol. So <laughs> it's all funny. good. I just don't want to take a bunch of drugs, you know, if I don't have to. You're taking, right. well, you're taking a pain medication for the lupus, right? Yeah, for lupus and for abdominal, you know, I'm still having a lot of abdominal cramping Mm -hmm. pain. Um, I'm on a a pretty large list of medication still. Um, Do they continue? 
I'm sorry, say that again. Will those medications continue forever or are they just because of the surgery? Um, you know, that's a good question. I mean, I, I have... I have hypothyroidism as well, so I take thyroid pill and Of course you do. <laughs> but that was caused because of the parathyroid problem. Right. So um but you know, I take if you have your pancreas out, you gotta take a pancreatic enzyme every time you eat. So that in itself, you know, if you have a s I'm I'm doing the little small meals all day long. Mm-hmm. Um Instead of just like three meals a day, I do like five small meals. Um, so that's a lot of pills in itself. Um, and then, you know, anxiety medication and, you mm. know, yeah. things like that. I would definitely need that <laughs> if I was you. Uh, wh- what happens if I don't take the um, enzyme when I eat? Severe stomach cramping. Um, probably running to the bathroom. Um not pleasant experience at gotcha. all. Just for not taking the pancreatic enzyme. Right. Wow. And that's every time you take something in. So is it is it as much as like if you walked past a candy dish and grabbed four M&Ms, you would need that enzyme? Probably not that, but I, and maybe I'll get better at this, but with diabetes, the snacking thing, you know, I haven't, unless I've, you know, bolused for it, I'm trying not to put anything in my mouth. Yeah, you're thinking about that. I have to tell you, I've lost a few pounds wearing this CGM. I because, bet you have. Because my wife's like, you're she's like, you're you're not eating as much. And I was like, Yeah, I'm like, everybody's watching. This is a great- <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. I was like, I was this is a great way to like, you know, I know it's 2020 and we're not allowed to shame people anymore, but apparently that would work because <laughs> I'm just like, Oh, I'm not eating that. <laughs> yeah, who would have like, thought, yeah. right? I was like, then those people will know. Then what? And she's like, That's Who right. cares? I'm like, I don't know, I care a little bit. <laughs> but I, it's cut my snacking down like and i don't i i guess i don't even know what i was eating but i think i've lost like yeah. five pounds this week so that's amazing yeah i was still very fat when i got on the scale at the urgent care the other day i'm like oh, she's like get up on the scale i'm like why my shoulder hurts <laughs> come on what is this about right away i just got in here i still have my jacket on like get on and she's like, i'm like can i take like you know can I strip? She goes, no. I'm like, oh, I'm probably wearing, I'm probably wearing like four pounds of clothing. So probably. I just, I just jumped up and, and left again. I was like, all right, fine. If this is how it's going to be, they're making fun of me at home. Might as well. Right. Let's do it here too. You know, that's right. Yeah. Everywhere. <laughs> no, but seriously, there's something, I mean, I'm partially joking. I'm not eating things because of people watching completely. Although there have been a couple times I was like, no, I'm not going to do it because of that. But it's just me. I'm aware of it. Like being able to see your blood sugar is, it's meaningful. You know, like you look right. at it and you think, oh, I don't want my blood sugar to go up. You know, like for this, like I don't love this enough to do that. So I, I guess that's, that's probably right. what happens to you as well. That's right. Yeah. I'm learning some things here as well. That's good. Yeah. It's good. <laughs> we all are, right? Every something. day. <laughs> Holy shit. Caroline, you're, 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 I, I just got to say, this story is, uh, it's a mess. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Good entertainment, right? Well, I don't know. I was just like, uh, yeah, I mean, first of all, yeah, you, everyone listening is like, oh, I'm lucky. This Caroline lady, she got real problems. But, um, I mean, I hope that things go as well as possible for you. I realize it's got to be like a long road ahead to, to hammer things out. And it's funny how I, I don't know which thing to, 
All right, let me ask it this way. Of of the issues that you have now, which one would you give away if I let you give one of them away? I have my answer, but I'm waiting for yours. The diabetes. Really? It's interesting. Yep. I would have thought you were going to say the lupus. Well, you know, I've been dealing with pain like that for so long. I might be used to it, but the diabetes seems heavy. It seems hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I know I'm going to get there. I know listening to you reading, you know, the education part of it, I know I will get there. Um, but it's, it seems hard. It seems heavy. Um, yeah. It seems like it's all, it's the thing that is always on my mind all day right now. I hear that. It's very consistent. That's for sure. You don't get yes. to like, I, so I came home yesterday and I was pretty beat up and my, my wife, I think just kind of left the kids to their own, like, you know, to feed themselves in the afternoon. Uh-huh. So that turned into like Moe's. You know, quesadillas or some wraps or something like that <laughs> into Chinese food, you know, oh, gosh. and, um, and Arden's blood sugar was, I wasn't involved in it for four or five hours because I was asleep on the sofa. Like I got into a <laughs> position and I was like, I'm comfortable. I'm going to sleep because the night before 6am was the first time I went to sleep the night before I could not find a position to sleep in. I finally oh, found no. it at six o'clock. I slept for like three or four hours, went right out to the urgent care. So I was not involved in Arden's like diabetes care yesterday. Uh-huh. And I thought she had eaten one thing and it turns out she didn't. And we saw this kind of stuck her higher blood sugar in like 150s and it was just couldn't get it to come down. And it was at the end of the pump site. So part of me wanted like to tell Kelly, like, I think you should change the pump. And right. then but part of me thought, no, it's all this food. And it right. turns out I get in bed at like one o'clock and Kelly's like, Arden's blood sugar still won't come down. I said, did you give her more insulin? She goes, no. And I was like, why? And she goes, I don't know. I thought you gave her enough. Cause I kind of jumped back into it in the evening uh-huh. and I'm like, okay. And we went all through it again. And then it turns out this one thing that I thought she ate that would have accounted for this. If the bolus was done poorly, she didn't actually eat. So oh. it was one o'clock. And I said, here are your choices. You can bolus now. And a half an hour from now when nothing happens, change your pump or just change your pump now and bolus so we can go to bed. So right. one, it was like one fifteen. we got up. I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm like moaning because of my, my arm. I've got my arm wrapped up in my shirt, trying not to let it fall down. <laughs> Kelly's like, you have to come help me. And I was like, okay. So we went and did it, woke Arden up and put this pump on her. But it, you know, it was the right thing to do. It right. just, it was happening at one thirty in the morning. And that's your point is that it's just always there, you know? Yeah, and I've had that. I had that one thirty in the morning, you know, several times. Um, and the other thing is it all, it seems like it's a moving target constantly. Mm. And, but at first I thought, oh my gosh, I'm the only one with this moving target and I'm never going to figure this out. And listening to your podcast and talking to other people realizing I'm not the only one like this. It is a moving target. That's just what diabetes is. And, um, but listening to you and talking to other people, I realized that, and that has given me a lot of relief. I'm glad I'm very, I'm happy for you. Uh, any kind of relief, um, I'd be happy for you. And I know right now I'm thinking the same thing. Like I would take a little relief because I'm like rubbing my chest while I'm talking to you. It hurts so bad. (laughs) 
Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay, please. You don't have to apologize to anybody about medical stuff. In every situation, you win. Don't worry about it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't think like that. Uh, you're covered. You're you're grandfathered in on this one. For, okay. For real. I would like to restart this episode and just ask you about hooking an older guy, but I can't. Right. Have time. <laughs> Were you in your 30s when you got married, or younger? Tw- I got married at 28, and ha- and. I got married in August, and I was pregnant in November with twins. Mm. Yeah, he was probably pretty excited. Oh, yeah. He yeah. was like, let's do this. <laughs> let's get going. <laughs> you were 28. Yeah. That makes him like 52 when you got Correct. married? Yeah. Correct. <laughs> See, my math is okay when it's important. Then I can then I can whip it together pretty quickly. Right. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. How did your parents enjoy that? Was that? Because how old is your dad compared to your husband? He's younger. He's a couple years younger. <laughs> Did they pull you aside? No. No. <laughs> no, I've pretty much been uh, headstrong my whole life. Yeah. Well, so whatever I think, whatever works works. But I was just I was imagining just your dad just one time being like, "Hey." <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's kind of funny. It's funny when they're together, but. Um, it, I'm an old soul, and so it does work. It huh? really works. <laughs> Listen, boys are are terrible. I talk about it here at the time. I'm 49. I'm almost an adult now. So <laughs> I think, I seriously, maybe another decade, maybe right around, right before I'm 60, I think I'll pull it right together. There um, you go. But so I, and I, I hear what you're saying. Kelly's, Kelly's definitely an old soul, too. And I don't like, I would have trouble. I did have trouble back then talking to girls my own age. I was just like, oh, God, there's nothing. What are we going oh, <laughs> to talk ever about anything important? You, you know, and uh, uh-huh. I really don't care. Like, just put something on. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> and Kelly's like, that it is very comforting. She's only a couple years younger than me. I didn't, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I just bumped into the cradle. I didn't completely. Rob yeah, I was going to say, yeah. you didn't rob it. <laughs> yeah. That's all. Yeah, she's only a couple of years younger. All right. <laughs> Carlene, you were very nice. You're delightful. I enjoyed your laugh. You kept me calm for some reason. You have such a uh, um, consistent speaking pace. It slowed me down. I appreciate that. Good. I hope you feel better. (laughs) I will. A couple more of these flex rolls, a couple more days. I'm going to be fine. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to the rest of the podcast, so keep them going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't worry. I won't stop doing this. Look, look I'm recording. I, I'll tell you, this is the first day I almost took a sick day. Last night, Uh-oh. I thought maybe I should email that person and just push this off, but I always just think I already make you guys schedule them so far in advance. Like, it seems really terrible to ask to push it off, you know? So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would have understood, though. <laughs> I don't you know. No, you wouldn't have. You would have been like, wait, your shoulder and your back hurts? Oh, boo-hoo. Get on the thing. Turn the microphone on. I got lupus. I got Whipple. I got, there's like, I got a, there's a. Men one? Yeah, there's something in my arm. Like, you. Type one diabetes? Yeah, yeah. You don't want to do this why again? Because you're stiff? You would have been making fun of me like my family was if I would have done that. Right? Yeah. Trust me. I know what happens. All right. Well, thank you very much for doing this. Yes. Thank you. I appreciate it. Hey, huge thanks to Caroline for coming on the show and talking so openly about what's going on in her life. Thanks also to Omnipod. 
makers of the Omnipod promise. Head over to Omnipod.com forward slash juice box to see if you're eligible for a 30 day free trial of the Omnipod dash. Thanks also to the Dexcom G6 continuous glucose monitor. Dexcom.com forward slash juice box. Get started today or just go find out more. When you use my links, it helps the show. Make the clicky. They're at juiceboxpodcast.com or in the show notes of your podcast player. Clicky, clicky, clicky. Clicky is goody for Scotty. Thank you.